Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host. So today we have Tyler Veerman and Tyler is fresh off of the Utah race where he got fifth place overall in the Elite Heat. But in this episode, we actually speak to him before that race. So this is a lot about his preparation and how he's uh, improved over time and leading into this race. And we talk a little bit about how he is going to approach this race and kind of his training and, and a bit of his mindset on that. But just so you know, he finished fifth overall, but we won't, we won't mention it in the episode. So another thing, if for those following along at home, we did our fantasy US National Series draft between myself, Jack Bauer, and Martin Crocker. So I just wanted to give you a quick update on the results for that. So Jack won. Jack won. He's 2-0 and because he beat Bracken and I head-to-head. I came in second. An outstanding performance by the women's squad. Annie Doobie coming up huge with a second-place finish. Absolutely awesome. Really pumped about that. And, and Bracken got last. Bracken just did terrible. Drafted all the dudes and just dudes didn't come through. Bracken did terrible. So the score is Jack has is two and zero. I'm one and one, and Bracken is zero and two. And we'll be updating and kind of giving you a recap of this race before the next U.S. National Series race when we do our next draft. Uh, so there's no plans to do a recap show now, but I'd love to hear some feedback. If you want to shoot me a note on anything or any feedback about that, if you want to hear some recap stuff, just let me know. All right, here's Tyler Veerman. Tyler Veerman, what's up, man? Thanks for thanks for making this happen. It was uh, we were undulating up and down, and you, you snuck me in your schedule, so I appreciate that, man. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I could uh, could chat with you. You know, I have a busy schedule sometimes, but I had a little little leeway today. So I'll you know what I've, I've noticed is that I mean, this is definitely in my life that now that people are out and doing stuff that it feels so much busier than it used to feel like just this past year was so slow and there was never real plans to have. And I don't know if we're just back to normal life or if I'm compensating for the time I've missed, but I am so busy and it is stressful. Are you, are you feeling that at all? Uh, I mean a little bit. Uh, I thought um, working in the winter time when COVID was still a thing, uh, I thought it was going to be pretty crazy, but uh, it wasn't actually as bad as I thought. Um, cause I would assume people would be indoors ordering, um, and not going out shopping and whatnot, but, um, I guess it wasn't, wasn't as bad, but I guess on the, on the trails, I noticed there's uh there's a lot more people, like a ton more people on the trails when I'm out training. Uh, <laughs> and now, now we can travel to go to races, right? Like you made the Ohio Trek. Um, was that your first race of the year? Uh, I had a local one that I did. Um, out in Colorado here. Okay. Got it. Got it. So that one, and then we got Utah coming up, which will be exciting. So I want to definitely talk about, talk about that and kind of how you're preparing for that. But, you know, I was thinking about today. I was about how I first, like when you first came on my radar as an athlete who I would have to watch and potentially compete with. And I didn't know, I just thought you were just a person who just arrived in the results, but then I did remember it was in 2017. I think you had, you won the Rockies race, right? Won the Rockies. There was a, no, no, it was a Spartan race in the Rockies. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, uh, in Breckenridge. Yeah. Yeah. And you beat Isaiah that time. And that was probably, I remember hearing it cause you were doing, um, leaderboard, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For training. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was talking to Kowitzki, and I was like, oh, this leaderboard guy won this race in the Rockies. And I was like, oh, wow. And then from from then, 2018, it seemed like you had a pretty good year. You were mixing it up with some of the, the better athletes in the sport. Um, you finished top 15 at Tahoe. What were you, 13th that year? Um, I want to say 13. Yeah. yeah. So you're still like, and you're definitely making your way up, uh, you know, top 20 at Tahoe pays out and that's a, a really great place to be. But then going into 2019, I still thought that you, you were a competitor who wouldn't, I was looking at, I was like, I should be in or around where, where you are in terms of like the, the finishes. Um, but I was incorrect because you had a tremendous year in 2019. You were like really ascended to what seemed to be a, a different level of competition and you finished top five in the series you finish on the podium at utah which we'll talk about and then you finish six at tahoe so it's a really big jump because when we're getting at that high level of performance the the jumps just become smaller and smaller and the progress is so incremental so to make that type of big big leap where you almost like doubled your progress was was huge so like do you remember what your mindset was like heading into that 2019 season before we even talk about now where you are? I'd love to kind of talk about that because that did seem like you were someone who was kind of on the periphery on the fringe of breaking through. And then like you broke through. So do you remember like what that like uh, mindset was like? Um, I mean, I, I just really tried to dial in my training um, at that point. Like I knew I had a lot of competition. Um, There's a lot of guys that I was, uh, that I was aware of at the time that, um, you know, I was a little intimidated and, you know, I kind of tried dialing my dialing in my training a little more, getting specific to the races I was planning on doing. And, um, I don't know, I, I guess I just, I stayed positive and, and really tried trusting in my training and what I was doing, um, trusting that it, it would lead the, the results I wanted at some point. And, um, you know, I just tried to stay as consistent as I possibly could throughout the year. Um, and, uh, just constantly monitoring my training and, and what I'm doing outside of my training, you know, for work and sleep and nutrition and everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I love what I do. I'm never, I never feel, I'm never pressuring myself into training. I feel like that's been good for me. I, you know, I, I really enjoy running. Um, I've just been enjoying it more and more and more. So I guess just spending more time out on the trails and, um, focusing on, uh, you know, just little ways to prep for, for certain races. I, I just, uh, started focusing on that a little more and I don't know, I, I, I wasn't sure how the, how the season would play out. So I just, uh, just want to have fun with it and just see where it went. Yeah. When I, when I say like, oh, you broke through, was that something that you had? was that like a goal or was that just something do you feel like you did break through or was it just something that kind of happened? Like the results just kind of came as a byproduct of the consistency and the training. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it, um, the results just, just kind of came through. I, I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't have like too much of a, a breakthrough really. I mean, I had the, I had the fitness, um, like it was, it was there and I, I've been running for, um, 10, 10 ish years or so. And I felt like I, I had that, that fitness already. I just needed to like tap into it at some point, but not, but yeah, it didn't, yeah. I guess it didn't feel like maybe, maybe Utah, maybe that race specifically felt like my first big breakthrough. Cause, um, I guess I just didn't plan on, um, making the podium at that race, but <laughs> 
you know, you see, you never know. But, but yeah, it'd be nice if you could just plan to make the podium sometimes. Like I plan to make the podium and it just works out. It'd be way easier. Um, so like the, but like, yeah, I guess that's an interesting point that it always felt like it was something that was there within you because you were kind of trusting in your, in your fitness. Um, and when you approach competition, then are you looking at it as a way to, like see how you are matching up against others because you kind of mentioned that in, in your first response where I was like, yeah, I know there's a lot of tough competition. So is that kind of how you're judging yourself versus others? Or is it kind of like, Hey, my fitness is here. So I just want to express it however I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to look at the field and um, kind of match myself up against some other guys, you know, cause some, some guys put in a lot more volume than I do and um, they just, you know, I, I kind of like looking at that and seeing how maybe my training might compare to theirs or um, it's just, yeah, I usually try to match myself up against, against other, other players in the field, someone who I might not think I would, uh, you know, be running with person. <laughs> right. Just to have like a little bit of um, a little bit of ammo there. Right. And like, it's nice to, it's fun to, yeah. I don't do a good job of this. Like I have a tough time. Like I'll do it in my brain. I'll be like, yeah, I'll race when I get up and I'll race next to Atkins or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, what's he doing? What can I do to kind of match and compare? I do a, a terrible job with that. And then on race day, when it doesn't become reality, like it kind of deflates me a little bit. Um, so do you feel like you can, you're, you're, it's sustainable for you that way that you're just able like, yeah, is it more f- like positive fuel to keep pushing forward based? Are you like inspired by the competition? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love race against just a good, like competitive group of guys. You know, I, I, I prefer, uh, like a really deep field cause it just, it gets me excited. You know, I, I, I mean, I also like it if there's like a couple guys, like decent, decent guys, but I don't know. I, I like doing big, bigger races um, where the, the field is really deep. That just, I like that pressure. You know, I, I kind of, kind of need that pressure. Um, it, it just, it helps, helps me race a little better. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. And this, this, this podcast will probably air after Utah, but we'll talk, let's talk about that field because it like, it's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you kind of aware of who's going to be out there? I think they just did someone did yeah. a post right now. of yeah. Like pick your podium. I think you're on, I think you're on that list. Like that you can like circle. I'm sure you got tagged in it. Um, yeah. So are you, so you, you're aware of kind of like the landscape of what the athletes are going to be like, what do you think about the race? Um, I, I think it'll be probably tougher. And I mean, it's, it's a uh, beast distance this time. Um, and the super course was, was pretty good, uh, the year that I did it. Um, so I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Um, but I think, yeah, it might, might resemble a little, little bit of big bear, you know, uh, I listened to Steve Hammond's, uh, recap on it so far and it sounds like it'll be, it'll be a good mix, you know, and have some, um, some big bear type feel to it. Um, but I, I think it'll be pretty fast too. So like, you'll, you'll have, you know, Johnny, he, he really opens up on, uh, some like definitely on the downhills, like anything pretty runnable or not so runnable. And I think this course will be like pretty, pretty fast for the most part, but also a lot of climbing, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how this course does kind of 
play because when I think about it, I was there in 2019 and it didn't go well. But the course itself, like it's not very technical. I wouldn't say there may have been a couple patches going down that were a little bit, a little bit sketchy here. There was like one like descent that had some like kind of loose rocks that was a little bit scary. Yeah. But you figure you're gonna have to go back up and there'd be two big descents like that. And like it's almost like Johnny has like a superpower and he can like gear up and just do it twice in a race now and that was the thing when he broke out in big bears oh my god like you, you could catch him going up maybe but then on the way down he just really opened things up to that like there was nothing any there was no time to to make it up with two long descents so like knowing someone like that is in the field because that to me really kind of shifted what was really important in terms of these races, it's like, okay, the descent, if it's long enough, like there's almost nothing you could do about it. Um, if you're not willing to, to kind of put in that work. So had, had like knowing that there's going to be people like Johnny in the field, like leading up to a race like this, did it make you feel like you needed to work on the descent a little bit more or did, did you change your training at all around it? Um, no, I mean, well, a little bit. Um, if I plan on having a little more moderate or harder effort, you know, I used to just do it all kind of uphill on an uphill slope, but, um, I've, I have been practicing a little more on my descending, um, not, I'm trying not to be too aggressive with it. Cause it, I don't want to overdo it, but, um, I'm just trying to get comfortable running at a pretty good pace that I feel confident running at, um, over like a variety of train terrain. Um, I've practiced on some kind of some faster single track, um, and also some, a little bit more rockier technical areas. And, um, I feel like, you know, I've to, I've to, to my ability, I've, uh, I've developed like a good amount of downhill, uh, running. Um, you know, I, I feel, I feel fairly, fairly confident about you spent, I mean, well, the results of like Utah and, uh, Tahoe and it, how'd you do it? Big bear. Um, I was like 10th or 11th or 10th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, but you took it out really hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) if that, if there's maybe some more moderate pacing, you're probably fifth or sixth at that one too, more, most likely. Um, so yeah. And you spend a lot of time, like a lot of your, are a lot of your regular runs on trails. Like just your, if you're going to go out for an hour, are you on trails? Um, uh, most likely. Yeah. Um, if I want to take it easy and if I feel kind of slow, then I I'll kind of go, I'll stick to the roads a little bit. Um, just kind of keep that economy, you know, um, uh, just pra- mm-hmm. practice a little quicker turnover. Um, I used to just stick to the trails all the time, but I find that I enjoy running on the roads. Um, I can kind of like, uh, daydream a little when i'm out you know and the trails you're a little more focused but um yeah i do a little little bit of work on the roads um not a lot but that's i like that about the roads like it, it can go into a whole different mind space right like like if you're not willing to just like zone out and let it go like it can be long and boring and daunting that's where I find the trails are a little bit better because it's super engaging that it makes the time maybe go a little bit faster. But like, if you're just willing to just zone out and chill roads are the best. Those are great. Um, Are you cautious with your downhill volume? Then you kind of mentioned that because when I tried to layer on some downhill stuff, like it really beat me up. Like that was really what like, 
like I run into injuries when I start to do too much downhill, like specifically targeted downhill work. Um, so are you cautious with that or is it just, you're able to amass enough volume based off of a lot of the easy runs that you're doing on, on the trails as, as is. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't focus specifically on how much downhill I'm doing, but, uh, I feel like I have like an adequate amount, um, for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing absurd, but I just, I kind of randomly just pick and choose which trails I'm going to do. And, (laughs) um, if it's, if it's just one big climb, then, you know, I'll, I'll go pretty fairly easy on the descents, but if I know it's like rolling terrain, I'll have some breaks every now and then. Um, I might open up a little more on the, on the downhills, but like my overall volume, I don't, I don't really pay particular attention to. I don't feel like, so I I don't feel like I'm ever overdoing it really with, with, with that, but yeah, maybe, maybe if I did focus solely on that downhill running, then maybe at some point I would, get burnt out but i've never never really gotten to that point before. it doesn't necessarily seem to be a way to do that and, and from what i can tell so it seems like the way that you're kind of putting in the work is the way that it's going to work best anyway you know like and spending your time out there um so how long have you been in colorado now uh six years now nice what, what spawned that move? Cause my fiance and I were like, we're kicking around that idea. We've been, I've been an East coast person for forever. Right. And this, the weather's killing me. Like I'm living in the middle of a city, like that's killing me a little bit. So like, we're kicking around this idea. It's like, Hey, well, what about Colorado? It seems to be nice out there. What made you go? Um, well, my, my family and I, we always talked about moving out here and I, I thought it was a great idea. Cause I just, I love the, the environment, the people, just everything about it. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I always saw myself out like in the mountains, you know, we, we came out here so many times on vacation and I, I just wanted to stay like forever. And <laughs> my, my parents always threw around the idea that we're, they're going to live out there. And then they started getting really pretty serious about it. So um, after college, I came out here for, uh, I went out to Estes park, which is like this little mountain town in the mountains. And uh, I did a little internship out there and, um, pretty much like graduated from my college. Um, and then I, I just stayed out here. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just wanted to get out. Um, I couldn't really stick around my hometown. Um, I had a feeling I'd, I'd want to train more and just get into running. And, um, I really just like the environment out here to, and the trails run on they're endless, you know? So <laughs> And that's that's something you kind of mentioned before. It's like the love of running keeps growing and growing where, you know, did you feel that way before? Like, what was your relationship like with running before you were in the mountains? You're you're from the Midwest somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Central Illinois near Peoria. Yeah. I've been to Peoria. I've been there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What was it like when you were like in in high school or or coming out or like in, in, um, did you go to school in central Illinois too in college? Yeah. Yeah. I went to Illinois state, which is uh, Bloomington. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I ran for four years in high school and then, uh, I guess just one, one year in college. Um, that's all I was doing running wise, like, uh, is running with a team, uh, for a little while. And then I'd, I'd run 
in between like our breaks, uh, I would run on my own. Um, I, I didn't really run as much as I am now. Um, but you know, I, I guess I did get burnt out at some point. I felt like it just, not that it wasn't for me. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I got, I wanted to get something else out of the, the running, like instead of just running for these competitions, like I, it was all on road. We, you know, I was never a trail runner or I was never, uh, I was always running on roads all the time, 24 seven. And I guess that, that kind of burned me out a little bit, but yeah, I, I just, I stopped after, after some point just cause I, I was tired of, um, running under another, you know, training plan, um, with it, with these teams. And I just kind of want to do my own thing and focus on my own goals and run where I wanted to go, mm. where I wanted to run. And, <laughs> um, that was kind of my mindset. And yeah, I, for a while when I came out to Colorado, I didn't really race or anything. I just, just trained and, and hiked and explored the mountains. And that's, that's kind of what fueled my, my training again was, uh, just getting out on the trails and just, you know, looking at a peak from the distance and be like, I'm going to run there. <laughs> that, was, that was super exciting. Me, I never, you know, never got that before in Illinois. So no, impossible. And yeah. You mentioned something there where you were looking for something else from running as opposed to the competition, right? And like, you're kind of back in this area where, you know, competition still matters and like you're, you're, you have a knack for it and like you train enough that you're, you've developed yourself into a really strong athlete. And that may just be a byproduct of just being able to run up a mountain and be like, sweet, I'm going to go over there now and, and do that. So like, what do you mean when you meant you were looking for something else like is well uh i mean it, that was the time i was i did the uh circus for a little bit you know that was that was like something else that I, also what i meant but <laughs> um well I, I did start training for triathlons too that was that that was kind of the other thing that i started like going into um i mean it was competing but i was like going with my dad we were we were traveling around um doing some of these races together. And I guess I, I liked the, uh, multi-sport, you know, I, I hated the swimming, but, um, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to mix up my running and into something else of some sort, <laughs> um, outside of just running itself. But hmm. yeah, it's it just, I don't know. I, but yeah, part of it was like just wanting to get out and like explore. Cause I, I've always, as a little kid, I, I loved exploring like anywhere and everywhere that I could get to like in my little hometown. So I guess I was, I, I was just feeling more adventurous. <laughs> huh? That's interesting. So like the, the feeling of needing to get out of the hometown, was it just so like, is that why the, cause to me, that's what the mountains like signify, yeah. right? Like I'm, yeah. I like the mountains more than like, like the ocean to me does it's this crazy like life form that I don't quite understand, but it doesn't signify adventure, right? It's kind of like its own weird thing that I don't have that much interest in. But when I go to the mountains, I'm like, wow, like this, this, the possibilities here are just like endless, like pretty much yeah. like literally endless. So is that kind of that driving force? You're like, I just want to go explore some more. <laughs> Get me somewhere. Yeah. I can. I've seen it all yeah. in this town. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love, getting out some remote place, you know, on your own two feet, it's, 
it's just, it's very rewarding. And, um, I love having that in my training. Like, you know, I can call it training, but, um, just yeah. call it just having fun and <laughs> just getting outside. And, <laughs> and this is something that I feel is a, a, a common thread between a lot of the higher performers in the sport right now is like, just doing it for like, you're doing this almost because it's like, it's cool. Right. Like it doesn't seem to be too much outside of that. Even when it's like, Hey, so tell me about your downhill running. Like, I don't know. I just kind of like, I just run a lot. So like I do downhills, like, I don't know how much volume it is. I don't really care how intense it is. I just do it because I like to do it. Is that, is that a driving force in a lot of the things that you do? Like, is, is like, you see what's cool and then you're like, all right, great. I'll do that. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) That's interesting. So what do you see for this, for like your future with this sport? Do you see yourself being here long-term or like ultimately is there a new adventure that you're going to be like doing that instead? Um, Yeah. I don't know how long I'll be in in the OCR scene. I mean, at some point maybe I'll, I'll take a break and um, I might go off and pursue uh, you know, I, I love running in the mountains so much. I, I might just focus solely on some mountain running, but, um, I do like the, the types of training that help me prepare for OCR. And, um, you know, I, I like the variety, um, but I could definitely see myself focusing on the trail running a little more specifically. And, um, you know, the, there's like, there's some pretty big, uh, trail running, uh, series, race series out there. Um, especially out in Colorado, they have some, some pretty big races. Um, so I've, I've just kind of thought about that, you know, if I didn't pursue OCR, um, just maybe, maybe looking at that and I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I play around with other thoughts, like, like American Ninja Warrior, maybe like, yeah. you know, it's just something totally different and, um, something I, you know, would be uh, I would be completely outside of running altogether, but um, yeah, just it's just another random thing I think would be fun. So before we we were talking earlier today, and I was asking a little bit, trying to talk about like the direction I want to take the podcast and things like that, and I was like, I thought you retired from OCR to do the circus, <laughs> and that wasn't true. That wasn't that wasn't the case. I wonder how many people think that that was like a you think that that was an April Fool's post you made? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> I guess it seemed pretty real. Like I, I could, I could see a lot of my friends, my circus friends, like, they're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Join Cirque du Soleil. Like, yeah, I mean, be cool. like <laughs> if I, if I could audition for Cirque du Soleil, I totally would. <laughs> the, and like, well, you do things because you think they're cool. So I don't think I was that far off in that. I was like, Oh, I guess he's just good with this now. <laughs> That seems n- normal. He'll just go I, do something else. I think is cool. I, yeah, I might give up OCR at some point just to uh, go to. Uh, I, I like I like jumping on the trampoline. There's I can do a lot of a lot of cool stuff on there. So I might <laughs> might uh, go pro the, the trampoline act. <laughs> Got the Olympics in yeah three years from now, right? Because we're you can yeah. always make the trampoline. Um, yeah. How do you think he'd do in like American Ninja Warrior? People, people always tell me that like I'm just like random people who don't know anything about OCR or American Ninja Warrior. It's just like, oh, you should do that. And I'm like, literally, there's no possible way that I could do that. I need 
uh, a half of mile of recovery before I can do another grip obstacle. Like I'm a, I need a lot of time. This is like a really hardcore sprint through this. You know, I was like the very far end of, of like output. How do you think you would do on American Ninja Warrior? Um, I think I would, I think I'd do okay. I mean, uh, there's, there's definitely certain obstacles that seem insanely hard. Um, but maybe, cause I think they get pretty like progressively harder as you go through the, uh, uh, qualifying rounds and whatnot. But, um, I don't know, like, like warped wall, I know I could potentially do that. I haven't tried it when I was like exhausted. I've done it fresh and, um, it didn't feel too hard, but, um, any of those like little itty bitty, like the ape hanger, the, um, just that tiny, uh, it's like two inch, a little like a ledge, ledge. Yeah. that looks pretty rough. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about that, but anything with like, that requires more agility coordination. I feel like I do pretty well. Any of the like balancing type obstacles. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I haven't watched it enough recently. I don't know if they've changed up uh some of the obstacles on there because i i know they they started doing that like a lot but um they do keep some of the like certain obstacles in there that that i guess people people like i, th- I think i'd be okay maybe. i think so i i forgot about the trampoline thing because that would be an, a whole because i feel like it's like rock climbers that have kind of to learn how to jump back and forth and do things but you already have have that in the bag right like the yeah. bouncing back and like there is an element of like you bounce and then, of springing yeah. <laughs> right yeah yeah would that be no problem like that what did that what is that one called uh i mean i think i could i think i could make it uh yeah you just have to be confident like time your your bounce right i mean i think the people that don't get it they they probably don't have much experience especially like like on a little trampoline like that because um, I did practice with that in the circus we had a little itty bitty thing and you could hit it like if if you didn't know how to run up to it and um, jump on it you might not get as much air but um, yeah it requires just a little bit of a little bit of technique and some air awareness of some sort so I think I do decent on it on that how much training you think you need to do to do because like I, Logan Broadbent he's been he, he was actually just on an episode that aired yesterday the 12th um, I don't think he made it but he's like you know he's doing a bunch of different things and he doesn't look the ninja warrior he does ocr obviously does the boomerang stuff so like he doesn't dedicate a ton of time toward american ninja warrior like how much time do you think you need to to do for that would it need to replace some of like a lot of your running you think or do you think you could just i uh, like possibly um i mean yeah like it's hard to simulate some of those, some of those things that you're doing on the course, like at home, you need to go to like maybe a gym. So, um, I think I could develop like enough grip strength, um, like do some, some grip work type training, not a lot, but well, some of the guys that have made it pretty far on the course, they do put in a lot of, uh, training, like a ton. It almost seems like a, like a full-time job, you know, they're making their own courses and simulating it as best they can. Like, yeah. I think it's like OCR, right? It's like, are people taking it that serious? Like, yeah, people are taking this thing pretty serious. So like Ninja yeah. Warrior is kind of the same. It's like people are trying to be professional at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's right near, UPS where I work right across the street, there's like probably the biggest, uh, ninja gym 
that they have in Colorado. Like it is just absurdly massive. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it's a warehouse, like from the outside, you just, you look at it, it's, it's very intimidating, but um, they, yeah, they have like full blown replicas of like the course. So um, I mean, you can just go there like, you know, a couple of times a week and get, get, get in some training that way, but. Totally. Um, and there's OCR athletes who do that. You know, I think there are people yeah. who will spend, that's like where their gym time is spent at like, you know, at a, uh, a ninja gym. Have you been to it? Uh, not to this one. No, I've been to some other ones more, uh, more for like parkour, they, ah. not necessarily, uh, ninja stuff, but yeah, more, more parkour oriented. <laughs> I went used to, to do that a little bit too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Cause I, parkour. I went to a, a parkour gym here in Philadelphia and, uh, like, I don't know when I go, when I go into a place and I'm like looking to potentially give them money to, in, in exchange for a service, like I expect a little bit of service and I don't know if it's just part of the parkour thing, but they were just like totally flaky kids that were just like doing backflips. And, and like, I was like, is anybody here to help me? So it wasn't a great experience, but yeah. uh, I could see how that would be. Do you think that, Actually, yeah, because when I was doing, when I had that idea, I was preparing for for TMX, which was right also like 2017 or 18. But I knew that the, there was like getting through obstacles faster was going to be a big part of it. Definitely overkill to do parkour for something like TMX. Mm-hmm. That was, ended up being more of like a, a CrossFit venture. Yeah. That was like the idea I had. Do you think like parkour training would help something as long as OCR? Uh, I mean, maybe like maybe some of the, the strength and agility and all that for, uh, for more hev- heavily stacked OCR race, like, uh, m- maybe you could carry over into like OCR worlds or, yeah. uh, um, maybe like maybe a savage race. Uh, I don't know all the obstacles in that race exactly, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about parkour specifically, but definitely like Ninja warrior type stuff. But, um, yeah, parkour is like just yeah. It's like getting from point A to point B as quick as you can. That's like the the definition of parkour. I I can't really see that sport carry over in like OCR as much, but maybe a little bit, just like a teensy tiny bit. But, I, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> maybe if someone is just has very little body awareness and control maybe like yeah. doing a basic like an intro to parkour or something where it's like they're essentially movement coaches right mm-hmm. and they could like kind of yeah. teach like all right well when this happens this or like where to aim your vision when you're trying to accomplish a move like yeah maybe but <laughs> uh yeah. yeah like uh let's see an ocr worlds where you jump across from like one wall to the other it's like it's like this, you know, there's a, there's a bar. There's a bar there. What is that? What is that like called? That? Drag- you use your parkour skills. Dragon back uh, or something. I think that's called. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon back. I did OCR worlds one time. I got work. This was years ago. Like, uh, and I, I came up to that and I looked at the volunteer. I was like, what do I do? She was like, jump. I was like, what? <laughs> and then what? It's like, hang on. I was like, this seems, this seems incredibly irresponsible and dangerous. I don't think I, I don't think I can go through this. Um, have you seen that like extreme tag? Uh, is that a show? I don't know if it's a show. It's a competition where it's like, it's a, it's like a parkour. Um, I don't know what they call them. A parkour course arena. It's like a, 
it's like a blocked in like area that it looks like a little skate park with like rails that are above your head and below. And essentially like you would chase me through the course while doing parkour, trying to tag me. I had to do parkour. What's that? <laughs> you you have to do parkour. When you I think if you're going to be good at it, it would be yeah, terrible. Like if don't. like, yeah, I think everybody who's good at it does parkour and it's just like a big game of tag. That sounds pretty sweet. I, <laughs> I have to see what this course looks like. I'd be sure. I think you'd be good. There's there, there's direction for you. But so on the opposite side, so this is like really uh, powerful grip oriented stuff or like the, the tag. You'd be good at all that stuff. But you've kind of taken your love of running to the opposite end and have been out spending a lot of times building a lot of miles. You did your first ultra this year and mm-hmm. um, it went well. A lot of times, like Mark Odette's a buddy of mine as I talk to him pretty often. And usually when we talk about the race, it's usually he talks about like what he could have done better or like where he could have made up, made up ground or, or what potentially he takes ownership a lot of like his results. But in this one, he was just like, yeah, Tyler's just super fit. <laughs> there wasn't anything I could do with him um, at this point. He's just more fit than I was. And I uh, just had to run my own race after that. So um, what made you decide to to kind of stretch things out and go for an ultra? Uh, I, I just, I, I never thought about doing an ultra. Like it, it took me a while to, to make that decision, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to try something totally new and see, see how I felt like just a longer distance like that. And um, you know, I, I've done a couple runs where I've been out for like a long period of time. Uh, there was one where I was up, I was out for like eight hours and, um, you know, I never covered even close to that distance though. I, it was maybe like an 18 mile run or so, but I don't know. I, I just wanted to see how, how I'd feel in that type of event really. And, <laughs> um, just kind of see where my, where my mind and body would take me and, <laughs> just, uh, just kind of get a new experience really. And, um, you know, see how it would affect my training if I'd want to keep training after. And I mean, yeah, you know, I felt great afterwards. Um, I didn't feel too burnt out or, or ill or injured or anything. And, you know, to the point where I didn't want to do any of it anymore. Um, yeah, I just, I just wanted a completely new challenge. Just see what direction it takes me, you know? Um, hmm. So what'd you think? I, I was, I was really happy. I thought, I thought I was going to hit a point in the race where I was going to feel like complete garbage. You know, like I, I never really looked at my watch or anything for a while. Um, cause I, I was afraid I would be, I would like hit the wall at some point or whatever, but you know, I felt like pretty dang good throughout the whole, whole entire course. Like, um, the course itself was good. It was hard. Um, you know, I wasn't used to running in such slippery conditions. Um, but you know, I, I did at, I practiced a lot of, uh, a lot more road running and enough to, to kind of get that, that turnover, practice that turnover, get a little quicker. And I felt like that carried over a little bit, some areas, um, just quick feet, you know, but yeah, I, I kind of, kind of surprised myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the performance is great. Like the, the time you put down, like you said, Mark's no slouch. He's, that was his first Spartan ultra, but he's been on many, many like ultra like, yeah. 24 hour races, hundred mile races. Like he's no joke at that. And like, so just being able to, to show up and, and do as well as you did, um, had to have you feeling good that your work's paying off. Are yeah. you, are you an ultra guy now? 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I probably won't start doing a bunch of ultras. Um, not yet. Not maybe not not yet. Not necessarily. I mean, that'll that'll probably just follow along with like the type of training I choose to do. And I have to put in a lot of volume though up to Telluride. I know that. So, um, but after that, we'll we'll see. Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> um, so you are yeah. thinking Telluride. I, I already, I signed up for it. Oh, I'm, it's happening. I'm, I'm ready to go. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I told my whole family about it and like my, everybody's coming out. It's going to be, it's like, I, I wanted a, a big championship event for myself. Like I didn't want to go overseas. Um, so, you know, I, if this was anywhere else, like if this ultra championship was anywhere else, I, I probably would have done it. But the fact that it's in Colorado, it's like, I don't know. I, I can't not do it. It's, it's in such a cool location. Like I've, I've been out to Telluride once and I just wanted another reason to go back out there. I mean, it's so beautiful out there. Like you wouldn't even imagine it's, (laughs) you have no, you have no excuse not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so close and I can go out there and, and train, you know, on, on the course and yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, even though it's like five hours away or so it's, it's still right there. Like, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's so, not Sweden closer than Sweden. No. <laughs> no, um, no. What I can't like when I think about a 24 hour race and I've never done one, I've only ever done up to a 50 K um, like yourself at this point. Like I don't, the idea of, of doing something that long, I can kind of wrap my head around, but like competing for that long is like, I don't, I can't even like, I can't even conceptualize it. Right. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking about? Like, what are you, what are you worried about? Um, maybe just having like gut problems or stomach problems of some sort where I like, I can't, cause I feel like, you know, I, I'm still learning nutrition and all that. That's like, that's been huge for me. And I thought I'd, I thought I was like more sensitive to like certain foods, um, that I eat, like when I run like before, during, after, but, um, I'm kind of learning that my body can handle, uh, a little more. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm a little worried. Uh, maybe I won't get enough nutrition or something and fall behind, uh, a little earlier than I want or, or something like that. Or, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just, just only a couple times I've been up 24 hours, um, but not, not running necessarily. So right. <laughs> I, don't know how my, I don't know how my body will uh, react um, over time to that, but yeah, maybe um, yeah, just, just finding the right foods that agree with me for like that long of time, that period of time. Um hoping that I can, I can keep my energy levels up because, um, yeah, I, I still, I'm not, not as experienced with that type of event. It's like um, impossible to replicate. Like what are you supposed to do? You just kind of have to, if you've never done it before, you just have to hope it goes okay. And then when things yeah, start going, not okay, that you're like, I, all right. I think at least once I'm going to do, I want to kind of simulate a little bit and, uh, do maybe like a 10 or 12 hour, um, 
like I, I've just kind of played with this in my head, like just a little 10, 12 hour, like do a little loop, like, like a two mile loop or something and just practice uh, eating this and that and just seeing how my body feels and <laughs> just kind of uh, learning from, you know, trial and error that way. Cause I, I feel like I, I just, I need, I kind of need a confidence booster, like something like that. Uh, that would kind of get my mindset ready for, for Telluride. They have, um, they're doing the toughest mutters. There's 12 hour tough, tough mutters that are yeah. out there still. I don't know when that would be one by you, but there are like controlled races with obstacles that you might be able to do. Yeah. And it's, it sucks. Like, you know, I, I'm working so much. It's like, it is, it is like so hard for me to get, uh, days off. Like you wouldn't even believe, um, that that's the only problem. That's the only thing that's stopping me from like going out and doing these other races. Um, so I, I mean, maybe, maybe I could find one of those races that are outside of holiday. Cause it seems that it's, it is like almost nearly impossible for me to, to get a day off. Um, so that, that's, that's the only obstacle I have to work around is, is, uh, the work schedule, but okay, work, yeah, I, I might look at the toughest. The, um, yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit too. Cause I know that's something that's been and like, just like corresponding with you earlier. It's like, all right, I think I'm going to work between now and now Like you were kind of wrong on like both ends, both ends. Like, I think it's going to be here, but I could be done at this yeah. time, but probably later. And I think I might be working here, but I might not be. So it seems like there's a lot of uncertainty with that as well. Um, yeah. How have it, how's it been adjusting? Cause it does seem like it's a lot. It seems like it's a lot of hours. It seems like it's a lot of days. Uh, yeah. Has you, and, but you, your fitness still seems to be there. I mean, based off mm -hmm. of the, the results that you've had earlier this year, like, have you had to shift like your training or your priorities or have you been able to handle training at such a high level and still performing well with, with the, those type of hours? I, I mean, most days of the week I have to train before work cause, uh, you know, even if I don't know that I'm going to be working, um, I have kind of a set schedule for myself that I'll, I'll train in the mornings. And I feel like that, that routine has, has, uh, done well for me, like having more of a structured routine of when, when I'm running, um, sometimes I'll run after work too, which I, I really feel like, I feel like that kind of gives me a, a boost in training of some sort, like just training while I'm super tired and fatigued and, you know, like the next day I'll train, I'll go for a run fresh and I'll be like, I'll feel good. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's given me more structure. I feel like, um, you know, like long runs or Sundays, like I'll work Saturdays and sometimes I'll have a long run or two back-to-backs. So Saturday will be a little less of a long run might be maybe 90 minutes and then maybe then two hours on Sunday, but uh, the 90 minutes will still be half. It'll still have to be before uh, work in the morning. Um, that's kind of my choice. Cause usually, usually I'm done by like six on Saturdays, but I really don't want to do a long run at like six 30 or whatever. No. Um, <laughs> you know, Cause the, the heat and the, the pollution is just, it's awful. Like I, I can't train in that. So I try to just go, go early no matter what. And um, yeah, that way I'm, not rushing through the day, trying to, trying to finish and get my, my run in. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, I have the, the physical ability and the mentality to like have this type of schedule, um, to put in the mileage and, uh, the hours at work, you know, I'm, 
I'm not working eight hours consistently. It's like some days it's beyond 11 or 12 hours. It's, it's awful sometimes, but, um, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of like the grind. I feel like it's, it's helped me a little bit is not having that free time, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned consistency a couple of times, like having to have a hard set structure, it kind of takes it out of your hands, right? Like, it's like, okay, this is the time I have to run. Cause if I wait till after I'm not going to want to, or I can't rely on that time. And there's nothing more frustrating than wanting to get a workout in and having like work bleed into it when you yeah. like, it's the worst feeling. I freaking hate that. Yeah. But, um, is there, what happens when you become inconsistent or what happened before, like you really kind of figured out like, okay, this consistent training, if I can do this, this, and this, and just string it all together, like, I'm like, that's the best way I can see results. I mean, that was the first thing you came out and says like, ah, I just was training more often. Was there, is there times where things kind of go off the rails for you or do you have to keep this structure to make sure it stays that way? Yeah. I, uh, just try to, I just try to keep that structure. I, um, I guess in all my previous jobs, well, when I was working at Home Depot, I, I definitely had more flexibility. Um, and I felt like that, that did kind of affect my training a little bit. Like some days maybe I felt really good and I had a lot more time to train. I might've put in a little bit harder effort or something. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I have like an easier run schedule that day. Like it kind of, kind of threw off my, like having a little bit, having a little more flexibility kind of threw off that, uh, that structure, I guess. And, um, I mean, nothing, nothing too much has changed though. I, I usually, I usually do have like a pretty set schedule for the most part, but certain weeks there, it might be a little different and that does kind of throw me off a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was never, never like, like it is now, like, like I have to, be out the door at five 45 and then be back by like six 45 or before seven. Like I've never really had that before, but I, I kind of, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on you to, you know, you know what time you need to be out, what time you need to be done. So like, you're either going to get it done or you're not like there's, you know, yeah. You can't waste that time. And like, you got to go to bed at a certain time. Like if it leaks, like you're up too late, leaks into the next day then it all like kind of is yep. this terrible cycle um so you finding that is that like that's what happens to me like that's when i get frustrated it's like on the weekends or something if i'm staying up too late just because like whatever um i've been structured all week i'll stay up and then i'll like pay for it the next morning just by having everything pushed back and then it pushes everything back and bleeds into the week so you're trying to keep that structure the same every single day like is it seven days a yeah. week that needs to be on point um yeah, I mean, pretty much like Wednesday. Well, Tuesday is like the only day where it's like I may or may not get work. They may call me in, they may not. So sometimes I might go after work or before. I usually try to go before, but yeah, I've I've uh, I've definitely gotten called in, um, and then I had to work all day and then run after, and then I'm just exhausted. But um, yeah, for the most part, like every other day has to be pretty set in stone. Um, just cause I, I don't like that uncertainty. You know, I gotta, um, I know when I have the time to go, so I'm just going to go and do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's Sundays though, is the only day where it's, I can, I can wait and, you know, I have the whole day to myself. I can, um, choose to go whenever I want. So that's nice, but I'll still go pretty early. 
just to keep the routine. Yeah. Like it gets, if you start getting out of it, it's like a slippery slope. Yeah. That's what I found. It's like, it's better just to be that way. Um, so what are some of the goals you got this year? Or do you, do you think of the, do you think of this season in terms of goals or are you again, just kind of, well, we mentioned Telluride, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the places, what are the things that you have? Like, what do you, is there a goal setting process for you or are you just kind of, again, going after what, what's, what you think is cool? Yeah. Um, well, I did have, I had more goals earlier in the season until I realized that I couldn't like get these days off that I wanted, but, uh, like I plan on doing this whole trail running series outside of Spartan. Um, uh, can't do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, there's some like FKTs that I'm looking at and now I am mm-hmm. doing, I'm planning on doing, uh, two other races of the Spartan national series. That's I'm going to try. Um, I, I want to do big, uh, if I can like big bear after, which is after Telluride. Um, and then what was the other, um, there's that, uh, is slow still part of it? Cause it's what West Virginia oh. and, uh, that they may have taken slow out and, uh, the Asheville, not in Asheville, yeah. but the one in North Carolina. I was going to, Oh, um, I was going to do uh, West Virginia, um, West Virginia and, uh, Big Bear, well, Utah, West Virginia, and Big Bear were the three kind of bigger Spartan races that I plan on doing. That's I had more on the schedule, but I had to um, reduce that list a little bit. Um, those are the three like big OCR races. I plan on doing OCR Worlds. I I signed up for it and everything, um, but it, it's a it's around a date that just doesn't it doesn't it won't work for me. Yeah. So so Tahoe too, um, same thing. Same yeah. Weekend, man. Yeah. Um, so I can't do that, but I, I wanted to focus on those few Spartan races and then, and then, uh, tell your ride for sure. Um, Oh, I'm doing the, the rut run the rut, which is this, uh, this mountain running event in Montana. Um, it's just, they, they hosted at, uh, uh, big sky resort. Um, and it's, it's on a, it's a pretty crazy course. Like I think most of it, like 90% of the course is like on rock. Like you're, you're going up like basically off trail and you're just kind of going up this mountain and it's just a massive, like it's, it's a hard course too. Um, I signed up for that in 2019, um, for, for 2020. And then, you know, I had to push it to 2021. So, um, I wanted to keep that on the race schedule. Um, even though it's like Memorial day weekend, I'm still going to find a way to get that off. And, um, that's kind of, uh, I'd consider it a B race for me. Mm. Um, you know, just having it outside of Spartan, it's, it's a race I want to do like fairly well. And, um, but yeah, that, that was to the Spartan and then, uh, that race. And then I, there was a couple of FKTs that I wanted to, um, I guess just one in particular that I wanted to do just like a, a local one out here, uh, in Breckenridge, there's a, a pretty good, pretty long mountain run. I wanted to try at some point. Yeah. And I mean, FKTs definitely were popular last year without races. Right. And like mm-hmm. for, if you can't make the, uh, like create the space in your schedule to get, to put all these freaking races that are 
a time, like a lot of time to get to and like expensive to get to like the FKTs are probably are like still a viable option. So like yeah. this is, and that's one thing that's been like, that's been killing me lately is like figuring like it's, it's really hard to have any semblance of support in this sport, you know, like went through your accolades, right? Like you're one of the best we got um, sixth place to Tahoe, like top five in the series, but like the support available for you, like really isn't quite there. I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't know what you get. I don't know what your support is, but like, even to the point where it's like, I may be, I might be able to get to all the championship series in the sport where I track, like, train for the most it's like it's such a bummer like yeah what do you think do you think that there is a way that this sport could be more of a viable option for athletes like you and like like younger athletes need this too right like to see they would need to see it be a viable option to like really want to come over and sink their teeth into it right um what do you think um yeah like like ocr yeah. Yeah. Like what do like, is there going to be like, do you see it being an avenue for athletes to venture into to compete or is eventually just going to be more like a, uh, like, a just a recreational sport, how like yeah. the majority of people are doing it for recreation. Right. But there is a piece of com- 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 competitiveness in it, um, for competitive athletes, high end athletes, is it going to be sustainable? Um, yeah, I think maybe it'll, it'll take some time. Um, you know, with like Spartan, they're trying to standardize this and that. And, and it feels like everything's getting faster now, like just all the courses and everything. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what direction uh, they're, they're going to take it with, but I mean, they, they've been in the, they've been around for, for a while. Um, so I guess that's like first good sign is they like financially, you know, that's, that's been a huge thing for certain companies that they they've, they've gone under. So, um, just cause they don't know how to spend the money. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they can stay in the game for, for long enough and like put in some, some creativity and, uh, standardize it, maybe a little, little better make it challenging still for like the you know the the pro athletes and whatnot and i think there there could be a pretty good future um it's just it is hard to say i guess like as long as covid doesn't happen again uh, um we'll be we'll probably (laughs) it won't be it won't be as long but yeah i don't i don't know it's kind of because it's still like a pretty new sport yeah like still fairly new um but I could definitely see it uh, going into something else, um, Spartan or OCR Worlds, or you know, um, who knows how long it, it would take for the for the Olympics. There's there's so many things they need to do, yeah, to, to adjust to that. I feel like. <laughs> right. I wonder if that's. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was wondering, is that like the end all? Like, what happens then? Like, if they make right. the Olympics. And say it's the athletes that are in the sport now. They make like they make it the next time around, which I don't know what the process is like either. I don't know if it's a really fast, slow thing. I don't know what kind of wheels are in motion, if at all, to make it a viable option to like make the committee allow it to be in. But like say it's like the athletes who are in it now, right? Like um, athletes in their like 
early to mid thirties who are the representing the country, right? Like, is that going to give the sport so much exposure that it does drive a ton of people to it? Or like, is it like uh curling then is curling an Olympic sport? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a, um, we have a center right down the road from us, like an actual you, curling center. Have you ever gone? No, I haven't I have even not, gone. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> quite appeal to me, but uh, even though it's an Olympic sport, still don't yeah. want to do it. No. <laughs> uh, so I mean, like, will it just be like? Have you seen these crazy Olympic sports? Because every year, I mean, sure, it's going to happen this year. I'm going to look <laughs> at the schedule and be like, "Can you believe this is an actual sport? Like, uh, th- that this badminton is in that people get gold medals for this, or is it going to actually help it drive it forward? Like, I don't know what the end." I'm sure the end goal is to make it a sustainable sport that is like, I would hope anyway, that would be like a le- legitimate like league or something. Yeah. But I'm not even sure what route the Olympics would, I'm not even sure what that would do. I don't know. That that does, it seems to be their end goal, but I, I don't know. I mean, the steps that they're taking to, to getting to that, it's like, it just, it, everything feels like it's just getting faster. Like it's more of a, like, not not more of a running race, but it's just uh, they've kind of lost their roots. And you know, when they first started out, I've only I've I started Spartan in 2013, and I definitely got a taste of like the you know like the heavy carries that they had had us do, like the double sandbag and all that. And that that to me felt like like a real Spartan race. You know, you, there's a lot of unknown factors, like way more. Now it seems a little more predictable, I guess. But um, like that's what they're going for, I guess. And maybe so we can better train for it, but yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you're right. Like the Colorado Springs race, is that the race you did? Yeah. That, you, that you, was, I, I don't know why they picked that venue, but that was uh, completely flat. <laughs> like one of the fastest sprints I've ever done. Like crazy part in history. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. And they just did, uh, I don't know if you ever came out this way to Palmerton, but Palmerton was just this past weekend. Um, and they have, like a notorious sandbag carry, right? It goes down, yeah. black down, turns back up, and it's crazy steep, um, and it's really freaking hard. But um, they didn't have it there this year. They didn't have that that carry there. And I mean, like you know, the course doesn't always have to be the same, but and they probably had to cut it out to make the course be 10k. But like, it's significantly easier that way. Yeah, that's that's that was kind of the highlight, right? I mean, that's what everyone was talking about was the that palm that carries a palmerton like i've never gone out there but i've definitely heard some horror stories about it <laughs> you get that you get that central illinois humidity out here too on that that steep mountain oh, Ooh, God. man it's not not that fun um yeah. yeah so i don't i don't know either and i might like i think you would do well in like that spartan cross you'd probably crush that in, in uh yeah the like the multi yeah or yeah I never looked into that, but um, I don't think it was just that they, they they did that test run at um, Jacksonville, and they're like, "All right, this might not come out until 2022." I think they said, but who knows? They do that shit all the time. Where they're like, "Oh yeah, this yeah. thing's coming out," and then, uh, "Oh, we we never." The one year they said they were gonna have a stadium um, world championship, and then they just like rescinded that they ever said that. They didn't even like take it back. They were just like, "No, we never said that." It's like. <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> so, but I think that would be a cool format for you. I think it'd be great. I mean, it wouldn't require as much of the long distance running that you seem to really enjoy now. Um, 
but like the amount of power to get through the obstacles and like the high end running ability, because like you're pretty fast, even, even though you're spending a lot more time out in the mountains now. So I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if, if they do come out with it, I might, might look into it, you know, would you, would you go to, would you change the way you train for something like that? If, um, they put money behind it or they were going to fly you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd still, um, stick, probably stick to running for the most part, but, um, I definitely try and, uh, focus on other, other areas that I need, like strength wise. (laughs) And I think I, I lack. Yeah. I don't, but like they're all grip stuff. You'd be fine to get through those. I don't like, but you just have to yeah. probably get faster again. You probably have to just do like five K stuff. Yeah. 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 That's, what, that's, you know, I don't, I, that's what ends up being frustrating to me that they do. It's like, they just change the event that they want us to do. <laughs> and then like, are we just supposed to change everything we do because they want to push this event? I don't know. Yeah. But, if, but if there's money there, it's support. I don't know. It's like a balancing act. It's like, what's what, what do we, what do we care about most? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, if, if there was pr- prize money on the line and I knew there was like a pretty deep field, I'd probably maybe adjust the training a little bit and focus on that a little bit more. I definitely, I wouldn't give up running or anything. Probably put in more, more speed work. Um, yeah, you know, cause I, I do enjoy more uh, faster paced running um, or from training for like 5k or 10k. <laughs> No. Yes, just had to just had to bring it back, stay on the flats for a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, cool, man. So I do appreciate you sliding me in uh, and and being flexible with with the scheduling and everything. I'm really excited to see how you do over this weekend, um, and then we can catch you maybe at the other two national, uh, two of the other three national series races, and definitely tell you ride. Yeah, definitely tell you ride, hundred percent. That's gonna be awesome, man. Well, I appreciate. It. Where can people find you if they want to follow along or or reach out? Uh, Instagram. The T Veerman at OCR. Got to throw the OCR in there. How long did you have? Did you, did you get that right in 2013? As soon as you started doing OCR, it's like, I'm changing my handle. Uh, sometime when I moved out in Colorado, I think when I, when I probably, when I was like competing in some of the races out here, is that that's when I started like making the podium. Um, yes. I think then I was like focused on OCR then a little more got a lock in the handle now now it's your handle for like forever yeah so it's, it's what you got um where in colorado are you uh morrison it's uh right near red rocks like i mean i'm in the denver area in the like kind of in the mountains but not really um so it's north of i'm like i'm looking because like, i told you we're at we're looking at colorado so i'm always looking at maps yeah. of colorado now <laughs> so like denver and then draw like straight line west and then just a little bit south just a little bit like oh. i mean i'm close to like the main road interstate that takes you into the mountains like i'm really close to that um yeah i mean i i'll say like denver because it is pretty much the denver area but um we're in the first little batch of mountains where they where they kind of start <laughs> so is that south of golden yeah, yeah, yeah. South Golden. Yeah, Got it's it. really, really close to Golden. I see. It's, uh, it's on the other side of the road from Golden, on the other side of um, 
uh, I 70, the big uh, interstate there. I drove through Kansas one time. <laughs> that was craziness. I was driving to Colorado to go to Fort Collins. I was coming from uh, somewhere in Missouri, and that was absurd. Oh, yeah. um, on 70. Cool. Where are some places that we should check out in Colorado? Like, we're looking at it. Like, where, where, where should we scope out? Where should we not scope out, I think? Well, oh, where should I guess anywhere in Denver, like in the city. I mean, like, I've heard bad things about Aurora. Um, probably not. And that's more there. east as well, right? Uh, that's on the other side of Denver. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's like further, um, you're, you're pretty far away from like the mountains and I, I want to say, yeah, Northish. Um, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with the suburbs too, of, of Denver, but, um, I don't know, in my opinion, any, anything closer to the city there is like not, not great. Um, like I'm looking at golden golden would be the place that I would move there in a heartbeat if I could. Um, it's just in the middle of everything. Uh, it's a small little town, you know, you have access to tra- just any and all trails and Denver's right there. Um, Fort Collins is pretty good. Um, I haven't gone out there, but I've talked with plenty of people. They say it's a pretty, pretty good place to, to be in. Um, you have uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, which is right there too, near mm. Fort Collins. Um, you're a little bit farther from Denver in that area, but uh, it's a pretty nice place. I think uh, pretty well developed out there, and uh, it is kind of like a college town. But it's a college town for but, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, if you do, if you don't mind that type of atmosphere, I guess it'd be okay. But it's not like uh, I mean, Boulder's pretty. Boulder's pretty crazy. If I had the money to live there, I'd, I'd think about it. But it's just insanely expensive. Like anywhere you look. Yeah, it, that it, Golden was even a little bit pricey too. I mean, yeah. we're we're looking at. I mean, our cost of living isn't cheap here. I mean, it's cheap for an East Coast city, but it's not like it's not a little. And looking out there, I thought like there would be some places where we might be able to save some money, but it doesn't look like it. Not in not in Golden. Definitely not in Boulder. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Springs might be Colorado Springs might be uh might be more doable. Um, I think I think a decent amount of people like might retire out there or it's just pretty affordable in general to live out there. I think Yeah, it is, it is growing. There's, you know, more people coming in, but I don't think it's as pricey as uh, the places that are a little closer to Denver. Denver totally. Area. Yeah. And the spring seems like the last stop South, right? After that, it's kind of getting to no- nowhere. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. If I were to choose anywhere, it'd be, I mean, between, probably the Springs. And, uh, I don't think I'd go to Fort Collins. This is kind of far away, but and they have um, like that reservoir or something that separates them from the mountains. Don't they? Uh, horse tooth reservoir. Yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. Fort Collins. Right. Yeah. So Thanks. it looks like they're not, I don't know. I spent some time there, but it's before I knew anything about mountains or trail running or anything. Um, it was a pretty cool town, but yeah, definitely a college town. Yeah. But yeah, I think we are going to check out Golden. We're, we're kicking around Boulder too, just to see it. Even though like here, yeah. it's like getting pretty crowded and it's definitely expensive. Um, yeah. I mean, you might get lucky. Like they're, you know, they they keep developing stuff out there. Like it's a lot of people are moving in, but uh, yeah, there might be a little lull in the uh, housing industry at some point. And I knew it kind of exploded for a while after, after COVID. Um, yeah, I got kind of crazy, but. Yeah, super crazy. Especially yeah. in Colorado, people yeah. are like, 
screw these cities. We're just moving out to the mountains, but like renting still like reasonable. We wouldn't buy anything in either of those places. Cause that is just astronomical. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you might find, you might find better options that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more flexibility. Um, well, cool, man. If I make it out there, I'll hit you up, but definitely be yeah. following along for Utah. I'm really excited for, it. I think you're going to do great. And yeah, so that'll be that. We'll sign off. Cool. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.